0: Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of TheRandyReport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet, reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. In this week's headlines, a gay dating app hookup goes bad. Really bad. A federal judge rules in favor of same-sex parents who sought American citizenship for their son. The Trump administration wants to decriminalize being gay around the world. Really? And new music from out alternative artist Dylan Matrasia takes things slow. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. Aiden and Ethan Devashbanks Banks are twin brothers who were born minutes apart, but only one of them was considered to be a United States citizen by the State Department. This week, a federal judge ruled that was a mistake. The twins are the sons of two married gay men, Andrew Devashbanks, Banks, an American citizen, and Elad Devashbanks, Banks, an Israeli citizen. The couple met in Israel and married in Canada in 2010, before having their sons with the help of assisted reproductive technology. Aiden was conceived using sperm from his American father, and Ethan was conceived using sperm from his Israeli father. A surrogate mother gave birth to the boys in Canada in 2016. The twins are now two. After they were born, their parents went to the United States consulate in Toronto to certify the children's American citizenship and get United States passports. But they were told that the twins had to take a DNA test to prove a genetic connection to Andrew. Ethan was denied citizenship because Andrew, the American, was not his biological father, according to a letter from the State Department. When the Devash Bankses decided to move to Los Angeles to be near Andrew's family in 2017, same-sex marriage had been legalized, and three of the four family members were eligible to live in the United States, but Ethan was allowed into the country only on a tourist visa, which expired that December. The family sued the State Department for denying Ethan citizenship because a department policy says that a child born abroad must be biologically related to an American parent to become a citizen. LGBTQ rights advocates argued that the policy harms same-sex couples who often use assisted reproductive technology to have children. Judge John Walter of Federal District Court for the Central District of California ruled this week that Ethan should be recognized as a citizen since birth. The judge noted that federal law does not require a child born to married parents to prove a biological relationship with both parents. In a statement, the State Department said that it was reviewing the ruling, but didn't respond to questions about what it would mean for the policy going forward. A Los Angeles news anchor found dead on December 27, 2018, in a Days Inn motel, died of methamphetamine toxicity, according to L.A. coroners. KTLA anchor Chris Burris met with another man after connecting on the gay hookup app, Grindr. The other man, whom the 43-year-old journalist had met on several occasions, called for medical attention when Burris reportedly put at least two meth rocks in his anus, during the hookup. He soon passed out and became unresponsive. Don't do this, kids. Both the man and the paramedics attempted CPR, but to no avail. Burris was declared dead at a hospital. The coroner indicated in his report that cardiovascular disease played a part in Burris's death. Variety reports that GHB was also found in the hotel room, but not in Burris's system the other man was not charged with any crime. After spending several years hosting Good Morning Sacramento, Burris relocated to Los Angeles in 2011, taking on weekend anchoring duties for the KTLA Morning News. He's survived by his wife and a nine-year-old daughter. For just a second this week, it looked like the Trump administration might have actually done something good. In a surprise move, Donald Trump's ambassador to Germany, Richard Grinnell, announced he was leading an initiative to decriminalize homosexuality around the world. Currently, about 70 countries have laws that make being LGBTQ or having same-sex sexual relations illegal. While the premise is a worthy one, LGBTQ activists were skeptical for several reasons. First... Grinnell announced the plan by citing barbaric public executions in Iran where same-sex relations are illegal. Trump and the political right are fixated on Iran and are looking for every available means to attack it. Attacking Iran also plays well with Israel's right-wing government. But there's the question of other Muslim nations, like the Trump administration's noted deference to Saudi Arabia, which regularly arrests people for being gay Or even from flying a rainbow flag, or in Chechnya, which is under the thumb of Trump's buddy, Vladimir Putin, and where gay men live in fear of their lives. Second, the religious right does not support decriminalizing homosexuality. While Grinnell, who's an openly gay man, said in an interview that evangelicals were in favor of the initiative, no one has seen any evidence that's true. In fact, Tony Perkins, head of the hate group Family Research Council, declared the effort cultural imperialism and said that he doesn't think the U.S. should impose quote, the values of the sexual revolution on the rest of the world, end quote. Third, the Trump administration has been doing everything it possibly can to erode LGBTQ protections, from lobbying for religious freedom as a de facto way to discriminate against gays, to attacking transgender service members and actively encouraging agencies to discriminate against same-sex adoptive parents. It's even sent gay refugees back to countries where they face physical danger, even death. And that's just the beginning. So why would an administration with this track record even bother to try something entirely different overseas? Fourth. Grinnell doesn't have the stature to carry this out. In a normal administration, which this is not, we know that, a global initiative of this nature would be rolled out by the Secretary of State or the UN ambassador. That Grinnell would seize the lead on this just underscores how chaotic the Trump administration is. Being ambassador to Germany is pretty prestigious, but he doesn't get to set foreign policy and call shots for the entire State Department. And even if Secretary of State Mike Pompeo were to take the lead... He has his own long record of opposing LGBTQ rights, so it's hard to see how he would get behind this effort. And finally, Donald Trump doesn't really get anything from such a campaign. In fact, at a recent press conference, he was asked about the initiative, and he made it clear he had no idea that such a plan even existed. As with all things connected to Donald Trump, the question for him will be, what will he get out of it? He's not going to get progressives to suddenly find him noble or worthy of their vote. And he's only going to annoy Christian conservatives, if anything, look for some targeted efforts to punish Iran. That's what this is really about, but a global campaign to stand up for LGBTq human rights that's only happening over on Earth too, in the Hillary Clinton administration. Empire star Jesse Smollett was officially charged this week with disorderly conduct. For allegedly filing a false police report claiming he was the victim of a racist and homophobic attack last month the actor turned himself into police at 5 a.m on thursday if convicted the class 4 felony could land smollett in prison for up to three years smollett maintains he's innocent even in the face of testimony from the two nigerian brothers who've told authorities they were paid thirty five hundred dollars by smollett to participate in the alleged escapade, and they had the canceled check to prove it. Yes, Smollett appears to have written a check to pay the men. Hashtag paper trail. Smollett told Chicago police that two men attacked him while he was walking home around 2 a.m. on January 29th. He claimed the men, who he said were wearing masks, yelled racial and homophobic slurs at him, beat him, poured a chemical on him, and put a rope around his neck. The alleged attack was being investigated as a possible hate crime. Attorneys for Smollett pledged to mount an aggressive defense after he was charged. Empire producers have cut Smollett from the remainder of the fifth season, which is currently shooting in Chicago. According to Chicago Police Superintendent Eddie Johnson, Smollett faked a threatening letter and then, a week later, staged the attack because he was, quote, dissatisfied with his salary on Empire. Netflix hasn't committed to a fourth season of its terrific reboot of the 1975-1984 sitcom One Day at a Time, so kids, fire up your Netflix because it's terrific. The Rotten Tomatoes tomato meter scores are a whopping 100% fresh score for Seasons 2 and 3 and a 97% score on Season 1. You'll recall the original One Day at a Time starred Bonnie Franklin, Mackenzie Phillips, Valerie Bertinelli, and Pat Harrington, Jr., and was created by living TV legend Norman Lear. While the show still revolves around a single mom, they're now a Cuban-American family living in Los Angeles. And the single mother, Penny, is a military veteran who suffers from depression and anxiety and is back at school to try and better her career. She has a son and a daughter, and the daughter is out and proud and in a relationship with someone who identifies as non-binary. Their landlord, Still Schneider, continues to give unwarranted advice, but now he's a recovering alcoholic and drug addict who's just trying to stay on the straight and narrow path. And if all that's not enough for you, Penny's mother is played by the legendary Rita Moreno. The Oscar winner is 87 years old, playing a character who's supposed to be 70, and she is a force to be reckoned with in every single scene. Moreno, as Lydia, frequently bursts into the action by throwing open curtains. It's so fitting. It's so perfect. And the issues that the show covers includes addiction, relapses, depression, PTSD, racism, deportation, gentrification, 9-11, Homophobia, Coming Out to Your Parents, Consensual Relationships, Immigration, and the list goes on. Many shows might tackle one or two of those during an entire run, but One Day at a Time has done all of those in only three seasons, totaling 39 episodes. Soon after the third season dropped, the word spread around social media that Netflix wasn't happy with the numbers and wasn't sure about greenlighting a fourth season. So... If you haven't watched it yet, take my word for it. It's terrific. You'll like. I mean, do you really need to be told to watch Oscar, Grammy, Emmy, and Tony Award winner Rita Moreno do anything? Watch One Day at a Time on Netflix. While February continues with frigid temperatures, alternative singer-songwriter Dylan Matrasia conjures up relaxed summer days of flirty new romance by the beach with his new music video, Slow currently posted on therandyreport.com. Shot in Provincetown, the video directed by Tyler Jensen is an homage to the uber-gay Beachtown's laid-back lifestyle as Matrasia and his co-star, Woofy Benoit Kramer, enjoy those early moments of sexual chemistry. Kramer initiates the flirtation, and pretty soon, the duo are enjoying kisses on the beach, sunny bike rides, outdoor showers, and some sexy time under the boardwalk. Served up on a laid-back, languid guitar soundscape, Matrasia is in no hurry to move the listener along. The track could easily be a distant cousin to Chris Isaac's Wicked Game with its drowsy, hypnotic melody. And how much more Provincetown can you get than a song that begins with the lyric, You are searching for your jock In my bedroom where we got lost Pay attention to my face When we go to our secret place Matrasia describes the track as a tender look at sex between two men in the early stages of falling in love, becoming aware of those moments where you're really starting to feel stuff. It's not often I come across alternative music by out artists. Most of the music I share on The Randy Report leans to pop or dance pop music, so when I liked the new song and the music video, I knew I had to share it on The Randy Report. The Brooklyn-based musician is currently at work on a six-track album titled Summer Cruel, set for release in the near future. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share The Randy Report with your friends. I like to think of this podcast as the 60 minutes of gay news, all together now, kids, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. I'm going to close with Matrasia Slow. Remember to support LGBTQ music artists. Share their music from The Randy Report, or even better, go buy it. It's $1.29. If we want to see ourselves reflected in pop culture, we've got to support. Thanks for listening, folks. See you next time.